hello to our listeners. It's been a little break. We're getting back on track here. I'm here with yes, my friend, are. Kelly Maher, for Meanwhile, back at the farm where I raise my just regular kids and she raises several kinds. Uh, yep. <laughs> I was looking for the word for of or relating to goat. Do you know what it is? So the, the you know, like... Equine is horse. Right. Bovine is uh, cow. Caprine yes. is goat. Okay, so I just Why? I just learned that, and oh. uh, well, I'm glad you said it because I didn't know whether it was caprine or caprine or caprine. So now we all know a new vocabulary word. So, but here is the question is, is it because I've only read it? Am I mispronouncing it? I don't know. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Unclear. But I say caprine. It it seems it it comes from the subfamily in the, you know, genus and whatnot, the subfamily caprine. Mm -hmm. So that seems, it seems likely, uh, oh, from the tribe of caprini. Okay. So that seems likely that it's caprine. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I've always said it. All right. Now we know. Yeah. Now we yeah. know. So yep. My kids are human. Hers are human and caprine. <laughs> yep. That is true. I just I just sold more off. My husband is thrilled. Every time more goats leave our home, he gets a little bit happier. And how do you and... feel about that? I know that they're not pets per se, um, but you there's know... an attachment. There is an attachment. It is. It's hard. But when I find really good homes or I find people that will really appreciate them, I feel good about it. So the guy that just came, he was lovely. He is a uh, veteran. He homeschools his daughter. And then he does a thing where people will come and visit his farm south of Pueblo and they get to have the farm experience at his house. They get to milk a goat right. and they all these things. And so I have perfect goats for that. And so I could tell he was very happy and he was just a cool guy. And so I feel good about sending my animals off when it is somebody who will appreciate it and somebody who is just cool, who I would be friends with in real life. Right. Right. Um, I feel less good when somebody shows up and they give bad vibes. Yeah. Right. Understandable. But this guy, this guy was great. And um, I he was going to pick up two. He picked up three, two boys. So it's always nice when boys go to homes right. of nice people who want to just have. He calls them his little pasture pets. Oh, and I was like, sweet. Yes. Good. Perfect. They're not for soup. <laughs> yeah. Or tacos. <laughs> um. You know what was uh, funny from your homegrown year when you uh, ate off of your land uh, for a year and uh, your own uh, farming attempts and uh, of of varying degrees of success, right? Um, Yeah. (laughs) What was most surprising to me during that year was that um, of all the animals I would have thought you would have been attached to and have trouble with um, eating at some point. Uh, I would have guessed it would have been pigs. Oh, right. And it turned out that wasn't the case at all. No, nope. We'll never have pigs again. (laughs) And this is this is one of those hard things because, you know, you watch enough Instagram or whatever and people are like, oh, pigs are the most intelligent and oh, pigs are, you know, for some people, they are the ones 
who who have moral issues with eating animals they the pigs are the ones that really get to they struggle with right yeah because for for many reasons they're supposed to be the smartest and for mine being smart made them kind of evil and (laughs) a little bit a little bit scary and they're gigantic and scary it's not great right so for instance, I have a little goat. He's a boy. His name is uh, Pressed for Time. And I I was just getting these goats out of the pen for this guy just a few minutes ago. And Press was headbutting my knee. If that was a pig, right. I would have lost my leg. Like, though, there is oh. a reason that there are jokes about, like, oh, yeah, you know, the mob just, like, feeds you to the pigs. They eat, they eat everything. Yeah. Yeah. They're omnivorous. And my pigs got so smart. So you've been to my house. You kind of knew the layout. But the pigs and the chickens shared kind of a fence. Mm-hmm. And so the pigs figured out that the chickens who were pasture raised, you know, and kind of bop around snacking, that if they picked up the food out of their feeder and then spit it out towards the fence, that the chickens would walk up towards the fence to eat uh. the pig food. <laughs> And then, uh, you know this story. This is horrifying. Then the, what they would do is they would reach through the fence and grab live chickens and then would eat them. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, no, I don't want an animal that I am afraid to have my human children around. Yeah, that's, that's I, special. We don't love that. Yeah, I would not go in the pen unless my husband was home. Like, pigs kill people. Yeah. Um, I mean, I... I don't I haven't had a lot of experience with uh with like just regular domesticated or not they're they're not domesticated but you know farm pigs um yeah but you know having spent some time in the state of Georgia the wild boar situation uh and the hunting thereof is a big thing and uh those guys are yep. those guys are no joke uh and no you, they you will, don't want to be around them they'll yeah they'll kill you well Mark my husband Mark uh hunts whenever he gets the opportunity wild boars down in texas and they will actually they have dogs they're pit bulls that they will hunt pigs with and they have specific kevlar outfits for the dogs because the pigs will regularly kill pit bulls like they yeah they don't mess around so if i have a serious animal yeah, if I ever did pigs again, I would do... There's some, like, smaller heritage mm-hmm. breeds. There's, like, the Cooney Cooney pigs. I would do something smaller. Like an heirloom would, tomato, but an heirloom pig. Yes, I would never again do a bacon hog show pig gigantic is the same size yeah, as me. They're not all Wilbur. They're not all Wilbur. Mm-hmm. Um, so, no. And then the, the animal that you liked a lot that surprised you and me was the turkeys. You were very big into the turkeys. I love turkeys. I, so I have gotten rid of all my turkeys. I will say I liked the turkeys at first. And then once spring came around, the Tom would come and jump up and attack me. And then I would attack him back. So I would walk around between the pig and the turkeys. I would walk around with a trash can lid, like Captain America and like hit the turkey. The turkey would jump up at me because he was because and to be fair, right, I'm walking in and stealing all of his eggs and he's just like, I mean, if somebody 
Yeah, he just came in regular. He has, he has put in work, Kelly. Yes. Oh. <laughs> there's a there's a man joke in there. Yep. Not gonna. But but his job is to protect his future babies, yeah. right? That's his whole job, and so he was fine. Um, I did. I the female turkeys though loved them, and and roast homegrown turkey unbelievable i I remember us having a having a discussion about this around thanksgiving and calculating okay so you really Mm. like the turkeys we have an affectionate feeling for the turkeys uh let's say we harvest a turkey and Mm -hmm. then some kelly's a very good cook let me be clear especially thanksgiving she's got it on lock it's she's got it under control however thanksgiving is my meal however if it came yeah. to pass that we harvested a turkey that we like, and then we cooked right. cooked the turkey, and said turkey turned out a little dry or mad. Oh, like how no. bad? How bad would we feel? But it it sounds like it didn't turn out that way. No, they taste delicious. I mean, <laughs> so yet another reason home, to like them. Exactly, they're sweet. They lay gigantic, beautiful eggs that are delicious. And then they also are delicious. It's it's really the best of all the situations. Home pastures, turkey, and it depends, right? I am not a breast person, and they are almost entirely dark meat. Mm-hmm. And so they're much darker, much more flavorful. Oh, just unbelievable. Alicia, our friend Alicia, sent me some lemons. Yes. So I put some lemons on the turkey and some onions. Oh. Some sage. I'm glad it turned out okay. Now, you know what? I might like run to the feed store, go grab some baby turkeys, and have a plan for. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um. Well, so I've been good. I've been cooking here, but it's less. It's less adventurous, I gotta say. Um, and it's gonna sound not great, but I'm gonna I'm gonna run it by you anyway. You yeah, ready? T- hit me. Yes. I had to make some. I had to make a dessert this weekend, for a friend who right. came over to our house. Right. But she right. is gluten free and dairy free. And I was like, it was, but it was her birthday, and we were gonna have oh. a cookie cake for everyone else at the party. And look, she's gluten free and dairy free. She's very used to eating something different than the whole group, or just like passing on that part of the meal right. because there aren't that many options. So. Uh, here's a cake for you and here's a carrot stick for you. Yeah. Here's a celery stick. Enjoy. (laughs) And I'm like, I'm like racking, racking my brain. And one of our friends suggested, suggested sorbet, which is smart. Uh, smart. I was like, I was racking my brain. I was like, gummy bears. Can I serve her gummy bears? (laughs) Um, but my husband found a recipe online for dairy free, gluten free, Mm-hmm. Chocolate chip cookies. Okay. Okay. Sounds crazy. However, I mean, however, yeah, I made them, and they are eggs. Coconut oil is the fat. Coconut, Ooh. coconut flour, mm. almond flour, and dairy-free chocolate chips, which is the thing they have at the grocery store. I don't know. I found them. Wow. So are the eggs like the leavening or do you have it? Is there any like baking soda or baking Oh, baking soda. Anything, yes, or? there's a little bit of baking oh. soda in it. Sorry, that's the leavening. Okay. Um, so you mix that all up. Of course, of course I have that question. No, no, no you should what have you? that question. Um, so you just stir it all up. 
Does, mm-hmm. doesn't require a lot of mixing and you chill yeah. it you chill it in the fridge for four hours right. now this is the part that like i would normally skip that step but i'm trying to like because i'm lazy and of course baking is sort of scientific Same. and then you mess up the cookies because you didn't wait the four hours this right. time because i'm trying not to look like a fool and to help this uh this friend on her birthday i actually waited the four hours and we cooked the cookies and i gotta say very good not just like really not just passable they were quite delicious you know what you should do mary catherine is you should take the recipe and put it on your substack substack yes <laughs> i know Ooh, girl well i must give credit where credit is due and i appreciate my both whoever the person is who wrote that recipe and yeah. my husband for finding it. And by the way, I a apologize plus. if you can hear my toddler screaming downstairs. She having having a bit of a moment. Um, yeah, that's fine. If some, you can hear a rooster, that's my side. Somebody should give her a fake chocolate chip cookie and let her be happy. Uh, so then yes. my daughter needed cookies for her uh, birthday celebration at school today. It's not her birthday. But on the, awesome. last, on the last week of school, they celebrate the summer birthdays. All on one oh, day. Oh, smart, smart. And mm-hmm. she has two classmates who are gluten-free, and she always mm-hmm. feels bad that they don't get to eat the treats that people bring to school. And so oh, I said, bless her heart. I said, guess what, kiddo? I yeah. can make you something for them. So I made another dozen or so of the chocolate chip cookies, and I tried another one, and I was like, I was not wrong the other day. These are good. <laughs> That's awesome. I love that. Yeah. I... I love those kind of recipes that help other people who don't get those treats to feel included, right? Yeah, well, and I, I think it's so sweet that uh, my daughter is concerned about that. And she always says it. She always wants them to have good stuff. And I said, well, if I can find something that's actually good, I'll send it with you. Yeah. And I did find something that was actually good. So there we go. That's awesome. It also could be a keto recipe uh, because I actually made it with um, monk fruit sugar. And you could just use like a... A keto Real kind dark of, chocolate. Uh, yeah, very dark chocolate, and it would be keto as well. So oh, that sounds anyway, awesome. There you go, guys. If you want some unconventional chocolate chip cookies, yeah. Well, send me the link to the recipe, and oh. I'll put it in the show notes. I will do so. We'll do so. Yeah, in case that's a thing that you're interested in. Yeah, so. I felt I felt pr- like a hero today, Kelly, because i I was on I was on TV in the morning. A plus. Well, I took, awesome. I, not just that. I took the kids mm-hmm. to school. I did yes. uh, I did a little uniform swap there. They have a little swap at the end of the year so you can upgrade your kids' sizes. And Lord knows Smart. my children are growing out of everything. I did the yeah. uniform swap, which means I had to remember the date for the swap and the time for the swap and donate clothes, all of which I did. Uh, wow. I know. A plus. So then I go home, uh, get ready for TV, go do TV, mm-hmm. come home from yep. TV, bake said cookies so that I can take them fresh to school. And then I take them up to school to have a uh, lunch with both of my kids because my kids have been asking me all year to come have lunch with them. And I think I did once with my, yeah. eld- my eldest, but I was like, maybe I can fit it in this week. It is the last week of school and it's literally, <laughs> literally the last real lunch day. And I went, and you did it. I went to both kids lunches. <laughs> I mean, you're very, what, what's that term that we use? Oh, reaganing. You're reaganing. Well, also I'm very deadline motivated. You know, if there's no, 
It's always the very last lunch. Yes. It's the last option. Very last one Look for at me. you. Thank you. A plus. I, I felt very accomplished. Oh, and then I did a podcast at one, and now I'm doing this one. That is really, I think you've just knocked it out of the park today. I sold three goats. There you did go. two conference calls. Uh, I am working on, inspired by you, Mary Catherine, I am working on putting together to-do and goal lists with my older, who is home for summer so we sat down we did our reading we did our math we did our uh he does a super kids is his like reading thing so we did letters that or words that start with b nice uh he did a page of that book and he wrote a thank you note for his uh one of his birthday presents i love that um i am i am very interested in nailing summer i just want to i just want to nail it yeah, where you look back and you're like, we did everything that we needed to do this well, summer. I am into that. We really we really nailed spring break. And mm-hmm. it was because um, post having two babies in 18 months, my my brain has sort of reappeared on the scene. Oh, nice. Really like, like, ooh, what I miss? Here, I'm, ba- I'm back. <laughs> um, and I'm like, well, you missed the birth of two babies and the large part of my career over the last two years. But... Uh, welcome. So isn't, isn't that funny how that happens? It, no, it's, it's truly, I actually think like, I think that after my husband Jake died, that right. my brain kind of went haywire as it would. I right. had a toddler at the time, so I probably wasn't totally over my brain rewiring from the first kid immediately. Also, you were pregnant. no was pregnant immediately had another yes. child so then i have another yes. another brain rewiring and then i spent like four years as a single mom which is just very like living on the edge like just yeah. just make it day to day never a lot of time for contemplating or like doing deep work or anything like that like it was very just on the edge and it felt like that right in my head right then i have right. two more kids post in the pandemic era and I yes. just feel like for the first time since 2015 or so, not that my brain didn't work before, because like it was it was hanging on, but it was white right. it was white knuckling a little bit, and now I feel like it's like oh, we could like make something of ourselves, and so uh, so I really planned spring break and uh, optimized it, and we did like all of the DC activities that we always say we're gonna do but we don't do, so we really right. fit in, we fit in because like you live there, yes. And, we, right. and you forget to do those things. So we fit in a bunch and we saw a ton of cool stuff and had a great time. Yeah. I yeah. love spending time with my children and miss them when they're in school. And so, uh, you know, it can be a grind because like, obviously you're doing more childcare than you usually are. But, uh, right. but when you have a plan of sorts, you have things to look forward to and everybody sort of keeps a, a better outlook. So I'm trying to nail summer right now. That is really smart. Yeah. That's very, very smart. Yeah, we're, we set some big goals. Mm-hmm. Uh, one is getting rid of our training wheels. Oh, nice. And yeah, another one is learning to tie shoes. Oh, that's because, a good one. Yeah, yeah. Um, but our school gave us a long list of reading and math, and they are really intent on kids not losing yes. ground, which is great. 
And I am very much in favor of that because there are tons of studies that show that summer is not great when it comes to what you lose. So we're just essentially doing homeschooling over summer. And uh, in addition to that, have some athletic goals. We have a golf camp coming up and science camp. Always, always a fun one. Um, The space camp, learning, learning NASA stuff. Nice. yeah, like every other five-year-old, we have a lot of uh, goals surrounding being an astronaut. There so you go. Yeah, we'll we see how that works out. Ours are ours are like experiences, and also we have some camps. We have particularly my oldest wants to try fencing again, so she's in a little camp for that. Um, that we is have so some, cool. We have some swimming and tricks in the pool goals, like diving diving board right. situation. Uh, so hoping we can improve there. Uh, mm-hmm. And then we are also. This is gonna sound weird. I know I'm weird. I have a. I know I'm weird. I have a left-handed kiddo, and yeah. we need to work on penmanship. And the way tough. the way that we're gonna work on penmanship, and it's really not bad. She she actually when she focuses, she does a great job. Um, right. But her school is pretty intent on it being looking nice, and so yeah. we're gonna work on that. And the way that we're yeah. gonna work on that is that mom is gonna learn to write left-handed so that she can instruct her daughter on some on ways right to do that. And my daughter is also going to do a little bit of righty practice, which I know sounds torturous, but there's a lot of, right. there's a lot of research on making yourself do things ambidextrously yep. and that it connects your brain in very good ways, which is good for mm, old moms of mm. four and good <laughs> and good for young, fresh nine-year-olds who maybe could use yep. a little more connection in there so we're gonna do a little bit of uh experimentation with that and it's funny because my my oldest is very much not a perfectionist and the first time right. trying it she was like okay and she tries it and she, you know she makes some good progress with her right hand and her left and mm-hmm. my second kid who is a total perfectionist is right immediately crying because she's like this does not <laughs> look good and I'm like, oh, of course it doesn't. It's your non-dominant hand, sweetie. But just like, you know, work on thinking your way through it and, and see how it feels. And it's not it's not a bad thing if it doesn't look perfect. She's like, <laughs> gets real frustrated. That's so interesting. So my dad was naturally left handed, but old school Catholic school was forced to write right handed. Yes. Which I think people used to like there was a time where people really looked down upon that because of course they were forced to switch, which is not what I'm doing right. with her. I just right, right. It's nice for both of us to have a little perspective and to work together. <laughs> yeah, well, and my husband is left-handed, um, but he is ambidextrous in sports, yes. so he golfs, he golfs and shoots right-handed. Uh, and also, being ambidextrous in sports can be very advantageous. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He so and he's a great at both things at golf and uh shooting but it is it is super fascinating when you have somebody who's left-handed things you don't think about that i think about is like okay we're at a restaurant where does mark sit yeah at the corner or at the end yeah right it's actually yeah, and I, I feel like it's one of those really overlooked you know there's all sorts of pedagogy and theories mm-hmm. and practices for working with all sorts of different differences in how right. kids learn. There is not really a lot that tells you how to help a left-handed kid. And I've, 
I've resorted to YouTubes and right. like all sorts of different attempts at tools. And there are a couple handwriting worksheets because if you think about a handwriting worksheet for a right-hander, you can see the model letter on the left side mm-hmm. while you're writing. If you're oh. a left-hander, you can't see that. So in a left-hand book, they'll just put a model letter on both sides of the line so that you can see it while you're writing. <laughs> And I did, I wouldn't have even thought of that. No, it, there's all I sorts know. of strange things that I, again, this is one of the reasons that I'm doing it. And I gotta say, my left-handed handwriting is not, it's not terrible, Kelly. Um, one of the reasons I'm doing it is so that I can figure those things out and figure out hacks right. for us to, to pass on to her. Uh, well, not to, not to add to your plate, but, you know, once you write the next book, then the book after that should be like tips and tricks for parenting a lefty because I mean there's not a lot of it just seems like it's a thing right yeah it's absolutely a thing and it's a thing that so many people don't think about and left-handed people are just compensating right well and she gets graded like she'll get graded down for the um slant of her letters in cursive because they they don't look conventional but they can't they can't look conventional she cannot do the same slant that a right-handed person does. It's going to look different. Um, right. But it can look really good. It just is going to look slightly different. So anyway, uh, that's one of the things we're working on. I'm trying not to turn into mommy dearest on this because I am a bit of a perfectionist about handwriting, but I just want it to look... We just, we just want to be... And actually, I got to say, yeah. she volunteered for that practice yesterday. So it, it's not even... My kids, First off, my kids are big nerds. Big time nerds. I don't think that that's weird at all. I think that's really awesome. Well, because how many parents just are like, well, you're left-handed. Good luck. Right? <laughs> yeah. And and your answer is, hey, I'm going to engage and how can I grow and change myself in this and, and learn? Yeah. Let me get some more synapses snapping over here. That's what I need. Gosh darn it. Same. <laughs> I need. I need to stop trying to use coffee as my stand-in for actual thinking because in the mornings I'll have like the first latte is so good and then I'm getting going and then I'll have the second latte and I'll be like oh goat milk lattes Mm, yum delicious and then I'll look I'll look outside I'll see Bella I'll be like thank you girl this is so good and then the third latte the question is oh okay do I actually need this is this gonna help me or is this going to make my stomach hurt and give me massive amounts of anxiety, at which point I will be calling you and I'll be like, ah, I'm flipping out. What am I going to do with my life? Um, <laughs> and it's always the third thing. It's always the, it, yeah. never have the third. Don't drink it. Don't drink it. And yet I always drink it. I occasionally do two, but I don't usually do three. I do, I do two very light coffees. They're not heavy duty. Um, but, uh, See, I do I do the my brother when I finished the homegrown year, he got me an espresso machine as, oh, as his dear. congratulations. Yes. So I do the lattes, but they're goat milk lattes. So I justified in my head as okay, the milk is better, the milk is higher protein. I'll do this instead of breakfast. Right. But also, mm-hmm. also. caffeine. Yeah, you know, like <laughs> coffee plants evolved to not get eaten by becoming poisonous and humans were like oh 
<laughs> we're just gonna take that poison and also put it straight into our bodies. Also, if I may, Plus. with a disclaimer that I'm not a doctor, um, discuss the fact that we may both be undiagnosed ADHD. Um, a stimulant for your brain first thing in the morning is actually very helpful. <laughs> That's sort of sort of gets the whole it. thing uh, engaged there. If in fact I need it. that is what we are, which is possible. I mean, have you met us? Also, we have very similar brains. We do. And the question I have is how much of it is a decade plus on a phone versus where would we be had we not had the phone situation? I I don't know. I do think the internet has eroded my abilities Uh just to focus. Um. And I'm trying to rectify that. I actually last week cut my uh, screen time in half. Good for you. Yeah. I was much, much, much more productive. (laughs) So question, what was your phone number growing up? Uh, 919-682-0764. Right. Mine was 770-2336. Okay. Next question. What's my phone number? You call me three times a day. What's it has some threes in it. I know it has several threes in it. <laughs> Not a single three. Really? I mean, 303, the area code. Oh, yeah, has threes. That's what I was thinking. Okay, of. right. But the actual <laughs> phone number has no threes. Mm, so, well. but this is, okay, but here's my point. Same for you. Yeah. I talk to you more than almost anybody else. I maybe I don't I think I even call you more than I call my husband, right? Like right. I see him more, I talk to him more. You are probably the person I call the most. Right. At least once a day. If my phone died and it really died, I do not know your phone number. And we have been very close friends. I'm going to work on for rectifying m- this. I'm going to put I'm going to commit more than this 10 years. to memory. Same. I should know your phone number for the apocalypse just in case, of course, if the EMP hits, neither of our phones work. So your phone number is useless. But but my point is, when I was little, when I was six, I knew my phone number. I knew Kristen's phone number. I knew Marie's phone number. I knew Natalie and Lauren, the twins phone number. I had all I I know barely mine and my husband's. I know. I still know the number of my very first friend. In 1985 yeah. in kindergarten. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, but no, you're right. I can tell and you. And actually, that, this is one of the things I liked about um, homeschool and the, the school that my kids are in now is that I know right. rote memorization went out of style. Uh, yeah. But they learn Bible verses every week. And we learned poetry and Bible verses when we were doing homeschool. And it yeah. is very good for your brain to make it remember things. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. And so... I, there's you're right there's a lot of that work that was happening without even thinking about it when we were yeah. kids which is just not happening anymore i think i know like i still know my if i needed to get in touch with people in the in the apocalypse um i would literally be calling emily Jereffi's mom like hey <laughs> dude hi do you, hi guys um do you know where my parents are or emily is or like can i be of service in any way <laughs> Right? These are... Uh, it, She's my best really... friend since I was seven, by the way. 
and an absolute delight. And by the way, his kind of she's getting farm curious and has really gotten aggressive on gardening. So we will message or text each other every once in a while and she'll just be like, look at this beautiful garden. She did some raised beds last year. That were She does a nice job. They look great. Yeah, I put I finally. So Colorado has this weird. It's this very fine line you have to walk. You do not plant tomatoes before Mother's Day. Mm-hmm. I I was in Cambodia for Mother's Day, so it didn't matter, which got my husband out of buying me more gifts. But um, that's fine. I will buy them myself. Um, but you don't you don't plant them before Mother's Day because of frost. Right. But spring is very stressful because the afternoons are the most likely time to get what uh, my son refers to as ice cube rain, which is hail. Yeah. Right? So it's that weird kind of dance where you want them in long enough that you have a long fruiting An actual period. season, right. Right. But you don't want them in so early that they get frozen or pummeled with hail. Right. So I finally put some in yesterday. Nice. And I keep looking. I'm looking right out the window at these gray clouds and if it is ice cube rain, I will be very angry. <laughs> um, good news on my front. I still have three mm-hmm. herb plants that are alive. And I <gasps> bought two flower pots uh, that I have yet to replant, which I, which I need to do. They're still in their, like, uh, you know, hardware store box, uh, planters at the moment. Right. I, will, right. I will replant them, but they're looking very nice. Um, so that's better than I usually do. And, Get it, girl. Uh, oh, and... I have to go take my kid to tennis soon. So I'm going to close out with this funny story with, for you real quick. Is that all right? Yeah. Okay. Do it. Just wait for this. How the Parmesan espresso martini happened. A timeline. What? Not content with simply existing as the cocktail world's most notorious juggernaut. The espresso martini, a drink as ubiquitous as it is reviled. This is punchdrink.com is laughing in our faces, daring us to stop the madness, but we can't. Assuming its most beguiling form yet, the drink is now being served on social media channels and in real-life bars with a fresh grating of Parmesan cheese on top, as if that were a sane thing to do. How on earth did we get here? (laughs) So it starts with, in 1980s, famed bartender Dick Bradsell invented the espresso martini. Uh, In 2022, the espresso martini sees a renaissance, becomes one of the 10 most ordered drinks in the United States. Right. Um... August 2022, Peruvian bartender Carlos Ruiz takes third place in a cocktail competition hosted by Licor 43 with his Café Con Queso, an espresso martini riff topped with Parmesan. Inspired by this, uh, a uh, social media influencer, High Proof Preacher, makes a, uh, a martini on TikTok in Oregon. He, he was in Oregon. Um, and tops it with uh, Parmesan cheese. Let me just uh, let me just play this video for you, what? which has um, 1.3 million views. That I had to make an espresso martini with Parmesan cheese in it. Now, he could just be trolling me, but we're going to try it anyway. Got some pebble ice to chill our glass here. Got some fresh espresso from the local coffee shop. Ounce of coffee liqueur. Add some simple syrup if you want, but generally coffee liqueur is going to be sweet enough on its own. Now do two ounces of vodka. Don't forget to do a little pinch of sea salt. We're gonna shake with plenty of ice. 
fine strain into our chilled glass. Now we should just garnish it with coffee beans and drink it like this, but instead we're gonna grate some Parmesan cheese over the top of it. This feels crazy. My goodness. All right, let's try this monstrosity. What? I regret to inform you that was kind of awesome. What? He says it's good. Okay, but is it like, is it chunky? Is it like... No, it's like, it's clearly very nice Parmesan that okay, he's putting okay. on top. Like um, the real thin, tight... Okay. Yes, like, here's a question, because we have to close out, yeah. because I gotta go yeah. take this kid. Would you drink yeah. it? I mean, I'll drink anything. Also, <laughs> remember that one of our best cocktails that you and I have ever had was a foie gras that is true. cocktail. That's true. Okay, what... I'm gonna I'm gonna try this, okay, and then we're gonna rate it next week. Oh, I love it! And you have really yeah. nice parmesan, probably that you can do that. With. I do. I have goat parmesan. I'm gonna make it from scratch, scratch. Okay, we're gonna. Try. I, I mean, it's salty and savory, or uh, savory yeah. and sweet. I I could see it. Yeah. I could see some it. Some people, some people put <laughs> cheese on apple pie. That's the thing that they do. Anyway, you go, go and. Take her to tennis practice. Mary Catherine Ham. I am Kelly Maher. This is Meanwhile Back at the Farm. We are back. Uh, we took a little hiatus. I left the country. You had some stuff. Now we're back. And we are so excited to try a Parmesan espresso martini. It's going to be a thing. We're going to try it. And uh, we'll let you know how it goes. We'll see you next week. Bye.